Section 4 of State of the Union Addresses, 1849-1856. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. State of the Union Address, Millard Fillmore, December 2nd, 1850, Part 2. There being no mint in California, I am informed that the laborers in the mines are compelled to dispose of their gold dust at a large discount. This appears to me to be a heavy and unjust tax upon the labor of those employed in extracting this precious metal, and I doubt not you will be disposed at the earliest period possible to relieve them from it by the establishment of a mint. In the meantime, as an assayer's office is established there, I would respectfully submit for your consideration the propriety of authorizing gold bullion, which has been assayed and stamped to be received in payment of government dues. I cannot conceive that the Treasury would suffer any loss by such a provision, which will at once raise bullion to its par value and thereby save if I am rightly informed, many millions of dollars to the laborers which are now paid in brokerage to convert this precious metal into available funds. This discount upon their hard earnings is a heavy tax, and every effort should be made by the government to relieve them from so great a burden. More than three-fourths of our population are engaged in the cultivation of the soil. The commercial, manufacturing, and navigating interests are all to a great extent dependent on the agricultural. It is therefore the most important interest of the nation, and has a just claim to the fostering care and protection of the government, so far as they can be extended consistently with the provisions of the Constitution. As this cannot be done by the ordinary modes of legislation, I respectfully recommend the establishment of an agricultural bureau to be charged with the duty of giving to this leading branch of American industry the encouragement which it so well deserves. In view of the immense mineral resources of our country, provision should also be made for the employment of a competent mineralogist and chemist, who should be required under the direction of the head of the bureau to collect specimens of the various minerals of our country and to ascertain by careful analysis their respective elements and properties and their adaptation to useful purposes. He should also be required to examine and report upon the qualities of different soils and the manures best calculated to improve their productiveness. By publishing the results of such experiments with suitable explanations and by the collection and distribution of rare seeds and plants, with instructions as to the best system of cultivation, much may be done to promote this great national interest. In compliance with the Act of Congress passed on the 23rd of May, 1850, providing, among other things, for taking the Seventh Census, a superintendent was appointed, and all other measures adopted which were deemed necessary to ensure the prompt and faithful performance of that duty. The appropriation already made will, it is believed, be sufficient to defray the whole expense of the work, but further legislation may be necessary in regard to the compensation of some of the marshals of the territories. 
it will also be proper to make provision by law at an early day for the publication of such abstracts of the returns as the public interest may require the unprecedented growth of our territories on the pacific in wealth and population and the consequent increase of their social and commercial relations with the atlantic states seem to render it the duty of the government to use all its constitutional power to improve the means of intercourse with them the importance of opening a line of communication the best and most expeditious of which the nature of the country will admit between the valley of the mississippi and the pacific was brought to your notice by my predecessor in his annual message and as the reasons which he presented in favor of the measure still exist in full force i beg leave to call your attention to them and to repeat the recommendations then made by him the uncertainty which exists in regard to the validity of land titles in california is a subject which demands your early consideration large bodies of land in that state are claimed under grants said to have been made by authority of the spanish and mexican governments many of these have not been perfected others have been revoked and some are believed to be fraudulent but until they shall have been judicially investigated they will continue to retard the settlement and improvement of the country i therefore respectfully recommend that provision be made by law for the appointment of commissioners to examine all such claims with a view to their final adjustment i also beg leave to call your attention to the propriety of extending at an early day our system of land laws with such modifications as may be necessary over the state of california and the territories of utah and new mexico the mineral lands of california will of course form an exception to any general system which may be adopted various methods of disposing of them have been suggested i was at first inclined to favor the system of leasing as it seemed to promise the largest revenue to the government and to afford the best security against monopolies but further reflection and our experience in leasing the lead mines and selling lands upon credit have brought my mind to the conclusion that there would be great difficulty in collecting the rents and that the relation of debtor and creditor between the citizens and the government would be attended with many mischievous consequences i therefore recommend that instead of retaining the mineral lands under the permanent control of the government they be divided into small parcels and sold under such restrictions as to quantity and time as will ensure the best price and guard most effectually against combinations of capitalists to obtain monopolies the annexation of texas and the acquisition of california and new mexico have given increased importance to our indian relations the various tribes brought under our jurisdiction by these enlargements of our boundaries are estimated to embrace a population of a hundred and twenty four thousand texas and new mexico are surrounded by powerful tribes of indians who are a source of constant terror and annoyance to the inhabitants separating into small predatory bands and always mounted they overrun the country 
devastating farms, destroying crops, driving off whole herds of cattle, and occasionally murdering the inhabitants, or carrying them into captivity. The great roads leading into the country are infested with them, whereby traveling is rendered extremely dangerous and immigration is almost entirely arrested. The Mexican frontier, which by the eleventh article of the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo, we are bound to protect against the Indians within our border, is exposed to these incursions equally with our own. The military force stationed in that country, although forming a large proportion of the army, is represented as entirely inadequate to our own protection and the fulfillment of our treaty stipulations with Mexico. The principal deficiency is in cavalry, and I recommend that Congress should, at as early a period as practical, provide for the raising of one or more regiments of mounted men. For further suggestions on this subject, and others connected with our domestic interests and the defense of our frontier, I refer you to the reports of the Secretary of the Interior and of the Secretary of War. I commend also to your favorable consideration the suggestion contained in the last-mentioned report and in the letter of the General-in-Chief relative to the establishment of an asylum for the relief of disabled and destitute soldiers. This subject appeals so strongly to your sympathies that it would be superfluous in me to say anything more than barely to express my cordial approbation of the proposed object. The Navy continues to give protection to our commerce and other national interests in the different quarters of the globe and with the exception of a single steamer on the northern lakes the vessels in commission are distributed in six different squadrons the report of the head of that department will exhibit the services of these squadrons and of the several vessels employed in each during the past year it is a source of gratification that while they have been constantly prepared for any hostile emergency they have everywhere met with the respect and courtesy do as well to the dignity as to the peaceful dispositions and just purposes of the nation. The two brigantines accepted by the government from a generous citizen of New York and placed under the command of an officer of the Navy to proceed to the Arctic seas in quest of the British commander Sir John Franklin and his companions in compliance with the act of Congress approved in May last, had, when last heard from, penetrated into a high northern latitude. But the success of this noble and humane enterprise is yet uncertain. I invite your attention to the view of our present naval establishment and resources presented in the report of the Secretary of the Navy and the suggestions therein made for its improvement, together with the naval policy recommended for the security of our Pacific coast and the protection and extension of our commerce with Eastern Asia our facilities for a larger participation in the trade of the East, by means of our recent settlements on the shores of the Pacific, are too obvious to be overlooked or disregarded. The questions in relation to rank in the Army and Navy and relative rank between officers of the two branches of the service 
presented to the executive by certain resolutions of the house of representatives at the last session of congress have been submitted to a board of officers in each branch of the service and their report may be expected at an early day i also earnestly recommend the enactment of a law authorizing officers of the army and navy to be retired from the service when incompetent for its vigorous and active duties taking care to make suitable provision for those who have faithfully served their country and awarding distinctions by retaining in appropriate commands those who have been particularly conspicuous for gallantry and good conduct while the obligation of the country to maintain and honor those who to the exclusion of other pursuits have devoted themselves to its arduous service is acknowledged this obligation should not be permitted to interfere with the efficiency of the service itself i am gratified in being able to state that the estimates of expenditure for the navy in the ensuing year are less by more than one million dollars than those of the present excepting the appropriation which may become necessary for the construction of a dock on the coast of the pacific propositions for which are now being considered and on which a special report may be expected early in your present session there is evident justness in the suggestion of the same report that appropriations for the naval service proper should be separated from those for fixed and permanent objects such as building docks and navy yards and the fixtures attached and from the extraordinary objects under the care of the department which however important are not essentially naval a revision of the code for the government of the navy seems to require the immediate consideration of congress its system of crimes and punishments had undergone no change for half a century until the last session though its defects have been often and ably pointed out and the abolition of a particular species of corporal punishment which then took place without providing any substitute has left the service in a state of defectiveness which calls for prompt correction i therefore recommend that the whole subject be revised without delay and such a system established for the enforcement of discipline as shall be at once humane and effectual the accompanying report of the postmaster-general presents a satisfactory view of the operations and condition of that department at the close of the last fiscal year the length of the inland mail routes in the united states not embracing the service in oregon and california was one hundred and seventy eight thousand six hundred and seventy two miles the annual transportation therein forty six million five hundred and forty one thousand four hundred and twenty three miles and the annual cost of such transportation two million seven hundred and twenty four thousand four hundred and twenty six dollars the increase of the annual transportation over that of the preceding year was three million nine hundred ninety seven thousand three hundred and fifty four miles and the increase in cost was three hundred and forty two thousand four hundred and forty dollars the number of post offices in the united states on the first day of july last was eighteen thousand four hundred and seventeen being an increase of one thousand six hundred and seventy during the preceding year 
the gross revenues of the department for the fiscal year ending june thirtieth eighteen fifty amounted to five million five hundred and fifty two thousand nine hundred and seventy one dollars and forty eight cents including the annual appropriation of two hundred thousand dollars for the franked matter of the departments and excluding the foreign postages collected for and payable to the british government the expenditures for the same period were five million two hundred and twelve thousand nine hundred and fifty three dollars and forty three cents leaving a balance of revenue over expenditures of three hundred and forty thousand eighteen dollars and five cents i am happy to find that the fiscal condition of the department is such as to justify the postmaster-general in recommending the reduction of our inland letter postage to three cents the single letter when prepaid and five cents when not prepaid he also recommends that the prepaid rate shall be reduced to two cents whenever the revenues of the department after the reduction shall exceed its expenditures by more than five per cent for two consecutive years that the postage upon california and other letters sent by our ocean steamers shall be much reduced and that the rates of postage on newspapers pamphlets periodicals and other printed matter shall be modified and some reduction thereon made it cannot be doubted that the proposed reductions will for the present diminish the revenues of the department it is believed that the deficiency after the surplus already accumulated shall be exhausted may be almost wholly met either by abolishing the existing privileges of sending free matter through the mails or by paying out of the treasury to the post office department a sum equivalent to the postage of which it is deprived by such privileges the last is supposed to be the preferable mode and will if not entirely so nearly supply that deficiency as to make any further appropriation that may be found necessary so inconsiderable as to form no obstacle to the proposed reductions i entertain no doubt of the authority of congress to make appropriations for leading objects in that class of public works comprising what are usually called works of internal improvement this authority i suppose to be derived chiefly from the power of regulating commerce with foreign nations and among the states and the power of laying and collecting imposts where commerce is to be carried on and imposts collected there must be ports and harbors as well as wharves and custom-houses if ships laden with valuable cargoes approach the shore or sail along the coast lighthouses are necessary at suitable points for the protection of life and property other facilities and securities for commerce and navigation are hardly less important and those clauses of the constitution therefore to which i have referred have received from the origin of the government a liberal and beneficial construction not only have lighthouses buoys and beacons been established and floating lights maintained but harbors have been cleared and improved piers constructed and even breakwaters for the safety of shipping and sea walls to protect harbors from being filled up and rendered useless by the action of the ocean have been erected at very great expense and this construction of the constitution appears the more reasonable 
from the consideration that if these works of such evident importance and utility are not to be accomplished by congress they cannot be accomplished at all by the adoption of the constitution the several states voluntarily parted with the power of collecting duties of imposts in their own ports and it is not to be expected that they should raise money by internal taxation direct or indirect for the benefit of that commerce the revenues derived from which do not either in whole or in part go into their own treasuries nor do i perceive any difference between the power of congress to make appropriations for objects of this kind on the ocean and the power to make appropriations for similar objects on lakes and rivers wherever they are large enough to bear on their waters an extensive traffic the magnificent mississippi and its tributaries and the vast lakes of the north and northwest appear to me to fall within the exercise of the power as justly and as clearly as the ocean and the gulf of mexico it is a mistake to regard expenditures judiciously made for these objects as expenditures for local purposes the position or site of the work is necessarily local but its utility is general a ship canal around the falls of st mary of less than a mile in length though local in its construction would yet be national in its purpose and its benefits as it would remove the only obstruction to a navigation of more than a thousand miles affecting several states as well as our commercial relations with canada so too the breakwater at the mouth of the delaware is erected not for the exclusive benefit of the states bordering on the bay and river of that name but for that of the whole coastwise navigation of the united states and to a considerable extent also of foreign commerce if a ship be lost on the bar at the entrance of a southern port for want of sufficient depth of water it is very likely to be a northern ship if a steamboat be sunk in any part of the mississippi on account of its channel not having been properly cleared of obstructions it may be a boat belonging to either of eight or ten states i may add as somewhat remarkable that among all the thirty-one states there is none that is not to a greater or less extent bounded on the ocean or the gulf of mexico or one of the great lakes or some navigable river in fulfilling our constitutional duties fellow-citizens on this subject as in carrying into effect all other powers conferred by the constitution we should consider ourselves as deliberating and acting for one and the same country and bear constantly in mind that our regard and our duty are due not to a particular part only but to the whole i therefore recommend that appropriations be made for completing such works as have been already begun and for commencing such others as may seem to the wisdom of congress to be of public and general importance the difficulties and delays incident to the settlement of private claims by congress amount in many cases to a denial of justice there is reason to apprehend that many unfortunate creditors of the government have thereby been unavoidably ruined congress has so much business of a public character that it is impossible it should give much attention to mere private claims 
and their accumulation is now so great that many claimants must despair of ever being able to obtain a hearing it may well be doubted whether congress from the nature of its organization is properly constituted to decide upon such cases it is impossible that each member should examine the merits of every claim on which he is compelled to vote and it is preposterous to ask a judge to decide a case which he has never heard such decisions may and frequently must do injustice either to the claimant or to the government and i perceive no better remedy for this growing evil than the establishment of some tribunal to adjudicate upon such claims i beg leave therefore most respectfully to recommend that provision be made by law for the appointment of a commission to settle all private claims against the united states and as an ex parte hearing must in all contested cases be very unsatisfactory i also recommend the appointment of a solicitor whose duty it shall be to represent the government before such commission and protect it against all illegal fraudulent or unjust claims which may be presented for their adjudication this district which has neither voice nor vote in your deliberations looks to you for protection and aid and i commend all it wants to your favorable consideration with a full confidence that you will meet them not only with justice but with liberality it should be borne in mind that in this city laid out by washington and consecrated by his name is located the capital of our nation the emblem of our union and the symbol of our greatness here also are situated all the public buildings necessary for the use of government and all these are exempt from taxation it should be the pride of americans to render this place attractive to the people of the whole republic and convenient and safe for the transaction of the public business and the preservation of the public records the government should therefore bear a liberal proportion of the burdens of all necessary and useful improvements and as nothing could contribute more to the health comfort and safety of the city and the security of the public buildings and records than an abundant supply of pure water i respectfully recommend that you make such provisions for obtaining the same as in your wisdom you may deem proper the act passed at your last session making certain propositions to texas for settling the disputed boundary between that state and the territory of new mexico was immediately on its passage transmitted by express to the governor of texas to be laid by him before the general assembly for its agreement thereto its receipt was duly acknowledged but no official information has yet been received of the action of the general assembly thereon it may however be very soon expected as by the terms of the propositions submitted that they were to have been acted upon on or before the first day of the present month it was hardly to have been expected that the series of measures passed at your last session with the view of healing the sectional differences which had sprung from the slavery and territorial questions should at once have realized their beneficent purpose 
all mutual concession in the nature of a compromise must necessarily be unwelcome to men of extreme opinions and though without such concessions our constitution could not have been formed and cannot be permanently sustained yet we have seen them made the subject of bitter controversy in both sections of the republic it required many months of discussion and deliberation to secure the concurrence of a majority of congress in their favor it would be strange if they had been received with immediate approbation by people and states prejudiced and heated by the exciting controversies of their representatives i believe those measures to have been required by the circumstances and condition of the country i believe they were necessary to allay asperities and animosities that were rapidly alienating one section of the country from another and destroying those fraternal sentiments which are the strongest supports of the constitution they were adopted in the spirit of conciliation and for the purpose of conciliation i believe that a great majority of our fellow-citizens sympathize in that spirit and that purpose and in the main approve and are prepared in all respects to sustain these enactments i cannot doubt that the american people bound together by kindred blood and common traditions still cherish a paramount regard for the union of their fathers and that they are ready to rebuke any attempt to violate its integrity to disturb the compromises on which it is based or to resist the laws which have been enacted under its authority the series of measures to which i have alluded are regarded by me as a settlement in principle and substance a final settlement of the dangerous and exciting subjects which they embraced most of these subjects indeed are beyond your reach as the legislation which disposed of them was in its character final and irrevocable it may be presumed from the opposition which they all encountered that none of those measures was free from imperfections but in their mutual dependence and connection they formed a system of compromise the most conciliatory and best for the entire country that could be obtained from conflicting sectional interests and opinions for this reason i recommend your adherence to the adjustment established by those measures until time and experience shall demonstrate the necessity of further legislation to guard against evasion or abuse by that adjustment we have been rescued from the wide and boundless agitation that surround us and have a firm distinct and legal ground to rest upon and the occasion i trust will justify me in exhorting my countrymen to rally upon and maintain that ground as the best if not the only means of restoring peace and quiet to the country and maintaining inviolate the integrity of the union and now fellow citizens i cannot bring this communication to a close without invoking you to join me in humble and devout thanks to the great ruler of nations for the multiplied blessings which he has graciously bestowed upon us his hand so often visible in our preservation has stayed the pestilence saved us from foreign wars and domestic disturbances and scattered plenty throughout the land 
our liberties religions and civil have been maintained the fountains of knowledge have all been kept open and means of happiness widely spread and generally enjoyed greater than have fallen to the lot of any other nation and while deeply penetrated with gratitude for the past let us hope that his all-wise providence will so guide our counsels as that they shall result in giving satisfaction to our constituents securing the peace of the country and adding new strength to the united government under which we live millard fillmore eighteen fifty end of section four